welcome to From the City Desk, your podcast for all things City of Kingsport. I'm Hannah Purdy. And I'm Chris McCart. We are here today with you in early February to talk about our January meetings. January got a little bit away from us, but we are, we're back. We're ready. We're ready to talk to you. Um, January was a a bit of an odd month. We uh, just had one regular business meeting, but we did have a called meeting as well. So, Chris, let's let's get into it. What was that called meeting about? Yeah, so on January 6th, we had a called meeting uh, to fill the to fill a vacancy on the Board of Education. Uh, as many of you all know, Carrie Upshaw passed away late last year. Uh, it is a responsibility when an opening occurs on the Board of Education for the Board of Main Alderman to fill that seat, and then at the next election, that seat would be open to be filled through the election process. And so... The Board of Mayor and Alderman uh, selected Tim Dean. Tim actually served on the Board of Education from 2001 to 2005 and will, you know, be a good fit for them, uh, has the knowledge of being on there and uh, is someone who uh, obviously knows the city and knows the, the school system very well. So board passed that along and, and that was taken care of on the 6th. And he'll just serve for about six months we've got municipal elections coming up in may that's right municipal elections are in may and uh that uh, mr dean will serve until until july okay let's move on to our work session and business meeting which were both on the same day this month yeah as a result of martin luther king day we combined everything onto the 19th you know if we hadn't had the called meeting we truly would have had just one meeting in january which has kind of become a tradition over the last uh, several years. Typically, that first meeting in January is is kind of fallen at a time point where, whether it's through vacations or other things, we've had a light agenda, and uh, we've kind of hated to get the board together for four or five items. If they truly could wait, we could kind of make that second meeting in January work. And last several years, that has in fact been the case. And so, we did. We had a combined meeting. We started at four o'clock on Tuesday afternoon with our work session, and that began with a presentation on the Park and Rec Master Plan. And if you've noticed in the newspaper here or on some of our social media sites, this is something that we are uh, very proud to have kind of rolled out. I think the last time that I talked about it uh, on here on our podcast, I was making the statement that for a planned city that is now over a hundred years old. This is the first time we've ever put together a master plan for parks and recreation. And so that was a, a big, big deal for us to be able to go down that path. I really appreciate the work that the Park and Rec Commission did or the Advisory Board for Park and Rec, as well as the Park and Rec staff and the consulting firm that was brought on, as well as, and this is probably the biggest piece of it, the citizen involvement that we had. Um, you know, it's one thing for the professional staff or the advisory board to have input and that's very positive and, and very needed input, but we also have to hear from uh, the citizens who are the customers, the folks who use this every day. We had about an hour-long presentation, kind of went through the, the high points of this, uh, really kind of dove into the immediate needs, but also then looked at 10 years and 15 years out. A lot of things that are kind of new in terms of, you know, if you'd looked at Parks and Rec maybe 10 years ago and you'd done a similar plan, uh, things like lacrosse, pickleball, or things that are coming up. 
the desire for um, you know uh, additional parks as the city has grown uh, that was definitely an item but also just fo focusing on what we have now and how do we continue and improve it so how do we look to rejuvenate parks um, how do we look to maintain parks at a higher level and also at the same time are there opportunities for neighborhood parks uh, preston forest park ridgefields park two classic uh, neighborhood parks that have been put in place so that was a, a good uh, a, a good launching point for us uh, you know we'll we will use this plan as we plan for the capital budget but also as we apply for grants um, this is something that we're often asked, do you have a master plan? And that is part of the scoring criteria. So now to be able to say we do, hopefully we'll open up additional grant opportunities. And the City of Kingsport Park and Rec Department have been extremely successful in being able to secure grants. Kitty Frazier over the years has developed a great relationship with a lot of the state and national organizations that provide these grants. And so that was, that was wonderful to be able to have that connection and now to have this and we look forward to pushing this forward so something that the uh consultant who came to give the presentation from reagan and smith kevin gunther mentioned was that um this past year has really taught us how important parks are because parks are a place that people feel safe to you know, go outside and socially distance and still right. be able to see people and that that was something that they really heard in their feedback was was that how much people had come to appreciate Kingsford's parks and what we do have. And hopefully this plan will allow us to maintain that, that same level of quality that our parks have. You know, when we look back on 2020, there's a, there's a whole lot of things about 2020 we really want to forget. Um, and while in 21, we're still battling this pandemic, we have in, in Kingsport and really all over the country, we've rediscovered a lot of things that have been here and part of our community forever. But, Maybe we just didn't have the time or it didn't fit into kind of what our interest was. But the pandemic has changed that. And I know just by walking on the green belt, the amount of traffic this year, this past year, has increased dramatically. Hiking and biking trails at Bays Mountain, similar situation. Time in the playgrounds once they were reopened uh, has definitely increased. And so people are wanting to get outside. You know, if they've been quarantined, they want to have that opportunity. And so they're kind of a fresh set of eyes on the park and we're hearing positives from them. We're also seeing opportunities where we need to make adjustments based upon this rediscovery, if you will. All right. That was the work session. Let's talk about the business meeting. The agenda was a little bit long since there was just one meeting. What were some of the highlights from that? It, 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 it was a very long agenda and, and we kind of saw that coming into it. And that was just, you know, I, I mentioned, uh, I think at the meeting and, and we've had conversations about it, you know, we have employees that have been quarantined, right? And so, you know, we, you know, they, while the, many of them work from home, sometimes that is a delay in getting uh, items on an agenda at times. Sometimes we're in a situation where um, the agencies that we're working with, state or federal, uh, they've had similar situations. And, you know, it's kind of a year you just kind of have to kind of ebb and flow with this. And when you might be ready, the, the customer that you have or the agency you're working with might not be ready. And a lot of things really came together over those first two weeks of January that led to that big agenda on the 19th. I don't know that it's the biggest agenda that I've had since I've been city manager, uh, but it is definitely one that uh, had a lot of items on it. And really just a, a lot of 
things that I'm going to call utilitarian. Uh, they're things that we require, we have to require uh, board action on in order to move that along. Uh, whether that's moving money around, receiving money, uh, it's it requires that. So it's a lot of things as you kind of look through the agenda and you're like, you know, some of the stuff I really just don't, you know, understand or or why does the board have to? And it's really it's it's a lot of the utilitarian stuff. I think one of the things that um, w- one of the items we had on here was an amendment to our community development block grant program. We had to make that amendment because HUD had sent us $65 too much. Gotta so, love the bureaucracy. <laughs> yes. So we have to make an adjustment so that our budget reflects what the correct allocation was. Well, that requires two readings. That was a, an item we had on there. We also had uh, a lot of items uh, associated with our transit system. Uh, I've mentioned before uh, the Kingsport Area Transit Service has received uh, CARES Act money. Uh, they're receiving that in, in multiple phases. The second phase uh, was on the agenda for first reading on the January 19th, and that was an additional $1.2 million that was kind of coming in. And, you know, a lot of questions have been asked, what are, we, what are we doing with this CARES Act money? Well, a lot of the money we receive has very specific I guess you could almost say silos that it has to go within. And I mean, it really cannot spread out from that. Transit is a great example of that. The money we've received in community development has to go into uh, nonprofits associated with low income or services that are for low income individuals within our community. And so within transit, the money that we've received, we've done some studies to kind of help us better understand how we need to deliver service during the pandemic and then post pandemic it's also allowed for some capital expenditures to be uh, to take place that would not necessarily require a match from the city of Kingsport, and so we were able to do that. In addition to the CARES Act money that we had on the agenda for transit, we also had a lot of money that was part of their annual operating budget. So our transit service, while they function on a budget much like every other city department from July 1 to June 30 each year. They also have to function off of a federal budget year, which, you know, uh, begins on October 1. And so uh, as their dollars come in, it doesn't always come in in July. Sometimes it comes in at latter parts uh, throughout the year. Another item on the agenda was a budget ordinance. And uh, you often will see if you've looked through our agendas, you watch our meetings, you'll see about every month on average, our budget officer, John Morris, will send a budget ordinance to the board. And again, just the transparency in how we do business. There, Anytime John is moving money around or he needs to provide additional money for a project or he needs to close out old projects, which is something we try to do uh, in order to kind of keep everything relevant. This time, really a, a sizable budget adjustment and had to do with setting up the necessary funds to move forward with the construction of our fire training facility. Uh, this is a project that really goes all the way back when Jeff Fleming first became city manager. He kind of asked the fire department to step back and say, hey, from a fire facilities master plan, where do we need to be? What are, what are repairs we need to make to existing stations? Where would new stations need to be? From a training standpoint, what do we need to have? And that's led to a lot of things, and specifically related to this item, it initially led several years ago to the construction of the burn building, 
which is a building where we do a lot uh, of really simulations for fire um, training. So our firefighters, not only from here in Kingsport, but throughout the region, will come in here and train. And there was always a plan to have a second phase of that, which was the indoor training, indoor classroom space. And that's what we were really focusing on with moving these dollars around uh, to be able to construct this building. Now, our fire training facility is located off of, of uh, Wilcox Drive, kind of in the Meadowview area. Uh, it's fairly far off the road, so it's kind of hard to see, but uh, that will be where that project will be going. So right before the end of 2020, our audit committee met. Can you tell me a little bit about what the audit committee does and, and what our audit looked like for last year? Absolutely. So uh, each year, the city of Kingsport does a, a comprehensive annual financial report. We call it, you know, got to have an acronym, right? So we call it the CAFR. So we perform the CAFR, and within the CAFR includes our, our audit. Brown Edwards is our uh, auditor. And uh, we also, within that, have an audit committee, and that is comprised of uh, three elected officials that are on the board of mayor and aldermen. And so that was Vice Mayor George, Alderman Alterman, and Alderman Duncan. And uh, typically, right around the Christmas time, we wrap up the, the report for the, the previous fiscal year. So this would have been for fiscal year 20. The finance department uh, will present that. And then the auditors will also make presentations uh, regarding that. And then ultimately, that document is taken before the Board of Mayor and Aldermen. And so what we saw on the 19th of January was the delivery of that audit. Uh, and the and the CAFR to the Board of Mayor and Alderman. And once again, we had a clean, unmodified opinion on our audit. Um, great work done by our staff. A lot of cities really turn everything over to the auditor. You know, the auditor not only performs the audit, but they also assemble uh, the comprehensive annual financial report. We take a lot of pride here in the city of Kingsport in that we do the preparation of the CAFR ourselves. Of course, the auditor is there. They're reviewing it. They're looking at all the numbers and everything. But the assembly of that document, which is, if you've ever seen one of these, it's a very thick, you know, it's kind of oh, like... it's like, it's big. It's like five inches. Yeah, it's a novel, you know, and, and so... Uh, but it has a lot of statistical data in there, historical data that ties in year over year. And then that is, is sent to uh, the state. We also send it to an organization called GFOA, which stands for the Government Finance Officers Association. So if you remember back when we talked about State of the City, GFOA award on our budget, GFOA award on our CAFR, those are the things that we send to them. It's a third-party review. Uh, it's very beneficial to us. And um, so, again, this was uh, a great report, uh, one we were pleased to take in. The audit tells us so much. You know, oftentimes we kind of look at that and, you know, is it good or is it bad? But really our staff kind of dives into certain elements of that CAFR each and every year. It's also a great tool to kind of look at historic revenue, historic expenses. It also helps us understand uh, departments, uh, especially within our enterprise funds, as to how they're doing and, and adjustments we need, may need to make. So, you know, when you look at, you know, we're a $250 million business, if you will. Uh, we talk about that often when you factor in the schools, uh, the general government, our partner agencies. And so having a document that kind of brings all that together really helps tell that financial story for the city of Kingsport. It's very, very 
beneficial as well when we also go and talk to our rating agencies such as Moody's and S&P about the financial health of the city. A lot of the information we share with them comes directly from the CAFR. So speaking of parks, we also applied for a grant for a new park that will be coming to Kingsport soon, Riverbend Park. Tell me about that. That's right. That's a grant application to the Tennessee Department of Health for the built environment. And Riverbend Park, so if you're familiar with that, it's located over off of Fort Henry Drive. Um, kind of the best way to describe it is behind the Walmart that is over there. A uh, piece of property that uh, several years ago through the development deal, we took a piece of that property for future park space. And it's a really a beautiful area. Again, it sits on the, the Holston River there. And we've got a, a master plan that we've developed for the park. And uh, moving to, forward with the construction of that, uh, hopefully sometime this calendar year. I, I know a lot of people were very excited about it, but this particular grant was for playground equipment. And it's not your typical slides and swings. Uh, this is actually uh, taking things such as, uh, which has really become a, a fad um, within playgrounds, but taking natural items that allow kids to kind of climb over, so logs, boulders, uh, creating moguls, various other things, little tunnels that kids can crawl through, and it really is unique. And so it's about an $80,000 grant uh, where we've got our fingers crossed that we'll be able to get this, and if we do, we'll apply that to the total project. Um, that first phase is kind of moving in the direction of probably about a, a $700,000 investment into this park. As with all of our parks, it will be you know, phased in over time. But we're really hoping, hoping to be able to, with this first phase, have uh, access down to the water, a nice walking path along the river, and then hopefully this playground as well. Well, all of this talk of parks makes me want to go outside this afternoon despite the fact that it is cold. It is very cold. It is very cold. You just bundle up. It's fine. <laughs> That's right. You know, get a scarf, a toboggan, a heavy coat, and go out and enjoy some of, some of the, the wintertime scenery, and spring will be around the corner here before we know it. It will. So that was our January of BMA meetings. Thank you for sharing, Chris. Thank you. Thank you for listening to From the City Desk. You can learn more about the city of Kingsport at kingsporttn.gov. You can also follow us on Facebook at Kingsport Alerts, and you can follow Chris at Kingsport City Manager Chris McCart.